Hello and welcome to another episode of Spoiler Appetite. I'm Tristan. Alrighty, where do where to start? How are y'all doing? I guess I'll ask. I'm sure everybody's doing great, or maybe you're not doing great. Me? Yeah, I'm living. I guess as usual, it's just me alone, just me and a man recording a podcast. Um, but anyways, so what I've been up to? I mean, not much really. I literally just uh, was watching The Chef Show on Netflix, which I gotta say, oh, that that show is great. I mean, I'm not one for watching food uh, shows, like any competition, like food shows or in general, because it's just like, eh, not my thing. But I guess, you know, lately I've been kind of been tuning into the British Bake Off show, I guess. That's what it's called. It's a really good show. I really like it. You know, I'm not one to be competitive or anything, but um, but yeah, it's fine. It's nice to see that, you know, nobody's like, you know, there's not this drastic like, oh my god, it's the end of the world and blah blah blah. You know, no, just they're just making bacon stuff, and it just seems so calm. Like the environment's very calm and not. I mean, yeah, there is stressful things that happens when they're making their uh meals and stuff but still it's it's great and then as i said watching the chef show with john favreau which kind of pains me to say that i haven't seen uh the, his movie called chef which is very much it's basically a spin-off uh reality tv show where they're just like making meals in one episode and that's what i really love about this show is the fact that you know in one episode, you see them make, like, five uh, foods, and it's great. I love it. And the whole talking about the passion and love for making food and whatnot is just very great. And then also in some episodes, you see John Favreau and uh, his um, the guy that taught him how to make... Uh, make making food on film look realistic like make it the real way because as they say in the show the chef was like you know in most movies about food they never get it right and so when John Farrell was going to do chef you know he was like I'll show you how to like actually do it right and it's like it's very interesting and I really need to watch that chef movie and so it but yeah so in the show they'll have sometimes they'll have like these great guests and sometimes they'll have in uh what's it called they'll have in famous people like you know like the hollywood people like i think it was in the second episode where towards the end of the episode you see uh the the russo brothers tom holland um robert downey jr and kevin feige just all sitting talking about food and sometimes they'll talk about you know the whole comic book stuff or whatever but it's just it's a really good show it makes you feel good because it's just like all it is just two dudes and maybe a guest beside them just making like meals and stuff like these like crazy meals and the last episode i watched the latest one where they they're just going around in the specific spot in los angeles where they're just going around food trucks and just buying like food from each food truck it's just it's it's oh man i am so glad that i had dinner because i i I was watching i I watched two episodes and luckily i had dinner afterwards because i was getting hungry because i was like oh my god this is 
not only is this great to watch, but oh, the food that they're making just looks mm, very cool. I just I needed something. But getting back into it, I I really really dug it a lot. I it's my new obsession along with the uh, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Now, not I mean I wouldn't say it's an obsession with that show, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Would say is my obsession, but it's just fascinating because the first episode it's all about sneakers and you know this obsession people some people have with like having sneakers, like having way too many pairs. I mean, I know a couple people that have a lot of shoes. I'll never understand it. And as uh, Jeff Goldblum would say, or maybe so, I, I, but no. It, let me backtrack it. You know, for me personally, when it comes to sneakers, I just need one pair. I mean, well, I have two pairs of shoes. One pair is just, you know, my goes along with my casual look. The other pair is just for when I'm working. It's just like leather, black, no tying shoes or whatever, just slip-ons, black leather, slip-ons I wear to work or whatever. That's the only thing I need. And so the fact that Jeff Goldblum goes to an actual sneaker con or whatever, which I didn't know was a thing at all. But after seeing that, I'm just like, there's always going to be a, a uh, convention for anything. It's not just for us nerds or whatever. If there's a sneaker con, then there's like other cons that are just like out there. So good on good on them. I mean, it's just it's crazy how many how much shoes cost. And, you know, it's just like, you know, Jeff Goldblum, like kind of put it best and he was just like, you know, we just want, want, want. He's like, what do I want? I don't know what I really want. I just want this. And, you know, it's all those dopamines and whatnot. And it was a very interesting episode. And it was just a lot of fun to watch. And then the next episode was about ice cream, which, oh, man, that that episode was great. You actually, he actually sat down with Ben and Jerry and talked about ice cream and the different flavors. And, you know, at the, uh, the, the restaurant, what do you even call it a restaurant? Yeah, it's a restaurant, an ice cream restaurant. Um, they actually somewhere in that in their hometown, they actually have a Ben and Jerry's. What's it called? A graveyard for the flavors that didn't last long, and that was just very interesting. So, so yeah, the Chef Show and the World Coin, the Jeff Goldblum. I mean, those shows I've been watching, and some other shows I've been watching too, which. You know, if you've been following me on YouTube, uh, you know I've been doing these, uh, like, afterthoughts, these little reviews for uh, the, the current season of Titans Season 2. Now, I won't get into all of Season 2. I feel like after the next episode, the last episode, which comes out next Friday, this upcoming Friday, um, I'll I'll talk about it on the podcast as well as make a video for it. Um, but yeah, but and then later on, but later on in this episode, I will be talking about Titans, but not about season two, cause Titans got season three. But anyways, um, what else has been happening? I actually saw a movie lately. I saw it <laughs> a week ago and I wanted to talk about it, but Brittany's not here and you know, Brittany's off doing her own thing. I don't know when she'll be back, but cross your fingers. But anyways, um, a movie that I saw lately was Ford v. Ferrari. I 
loved this movie. I really, really loved it. And it all comes from Matt Damon and Christian Bale's chemistry on there. Premise is Ford wants to create a... There's this idea that Ford wants to create the fastest race car. And, you know, he needs... uh, Ah, man, Ford needs... Uh, what's this called? What's Matt Damon's character called? All right, let me look this up. Uh, Christian Bale plays Ken Niles, who is basically the test driver to this whole process to like, because he knows how a car operates and how fast it's going to go and all that great business. And, you know, Carol Shelby, Matt Damon plays Carol Shelby. Christian Bale plays Ken Niles, and it's a great, interesting story. What I really dug, of course, besides the whole chemistry between those two, is the fact that the process of it, and just like, you know, just going through it all and all and all, even when the corporate overlords are just on them, just, you know, just being like, no, we want this and that, and, you know, when it comes to the final big day where they they have the car, and now it's time to beat Ferrari in there because they've been winning so many of the uh, race, uh, this one specific special event racing uh, event, and they want to beat them. So, Ford doesn't want Ken Niles because Ken Niles is basically just out of control. He doesn't really work along with like big corporate people and whatnot in their fancy suits. But yeah, it was great. I love, like, as I said, I love seeing that process between those two just them like you know trying to build this car and the dangers of it too it's just like oh man and i love the fact that you know most of this movie was that process seeing that process of them of the chemistry and just building that car building that engine and oh it was great i really loved it and then when you got to the big final the final scene the final moment of the whole movie it's the big race it's really great it's well shot and my god everybody does great in this i i truly love this film this is definitely definitely gonna be my top 10 favorite movies of the year which i can't wait to talk about that at the end of the year but yeah i really really loved it a lot and you know it's great uh it's it's crazy i just i love it i love it so much um alrighty. so with that being said that's all basically the big things that's been happening for me lately um why don't we just get into some news now if you're familiar with the podcast you know i like to talk about old stuff first and then build up to the new stuff so let's talk about some old stuff first it has officially been confirmed for the batman andy circus is playing alfred in the batman it was always they were in talks and now it's official matt reeves confirms it and yeah all i can say is really I'm guessing, I gotta imagine, they cast any circus that was Alfred to be that, very much that, uh, who is the writer? Jeff Johns, Earth One, Batman One, where Alfred is a military person, you know, ex-CIA or whatever, and yeah, I, I like the casting a lot, and again, this Batman casting has been very interesting, and I can't wait to see what he brings, because any circus is great like him and black panther yes he was over the top but it just worked for some reason in that movie it really worked and i can't wait to see him play as alfred 
another person that's in talks, well, hasn't been confirmed, but is in talks to play the Penguin, Colin Farrell. Oh my god, that's perfect. I love that casting. I just, I was like, first thing I, when I first saw it, when I first read the headline, I was like, shut the fuck up, take all my money now. That is great. Because Colin Farrell is truly amazing. I mean, he's a great actor. I mean, he would have, you know, he would have been the main reason why I would watch those uh, Harry Potter prequels, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, if he was the main villain and not, you know, just a face for Johnny Depp or whatever in disguise. And yeah, that that movie, that movie was Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It just, it it was good. I mean, it, it has its moments, but overall, I just felt like, eh, I just, I wasn't feeling it, because, you know, for me personally, Harry Potter fatigue has just been for me, like, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't mind going back to that world, but, but after seeing Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and it's truly dark in those movies, like, it just feels more, it just feels like it's towards the older audience and whatnot, and that's fine, but I just felt like... You know, there is some fun to be had in this movie, but I don't know. I just feel like they're taking it way too serious and, you know, fine, whatever. But, man, I I was so, like, you know, that movie has pros and cons for me. But the one thing that I was like, okay, I'm not watching the sequel because you basically just took out the best thing about the whole movie. And the whole trilogy, which was Colin Farrell as the main bad guy, it just... He was so amazing. I don't understand why he wasn't just the main villain. He was great. There was just... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the creative process was like, but very, very was just not happy with that. But anyways, but he'll get another shot at playing a villain in The Penguin. And I can't wait. I really can't wait because it's just like, oh my god, that's so great. That is so great. And I... I I don't know what else to say than other than, God, I hope this pans out. I hope it works. I really do want to see Colin Farrell in the Batman as Oswald Cobblepot because that's that's truly that's really amazing to me. And one last casting for the Batman is what's his name? I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um. John, somebody was casted as the bat. Oh, here we go. John, ooh, how do I even say this name? Turturro joins as Carmine Falcone, which basically it's the guy from, it was the crazy, weird, okay, if you've ever seen the Big Lebowski, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, What else has he been? He's been in Transformers. Uh, the crazy scientist guy, Office Rocks and whatnot. Yeah, he's playing Carmine Valcone, and that's great. I love it. I, I just, I love this cast. I really do. It's just so different and out there, you know? It's very, this cast is just out there. It's, it, I don't know. I, I can't, it just makes you, like, raise an eyebrow, but at the same time, it's like, this is interesting, like, Robert Pattinson as Batman, okay, Zoe, uh, forgetting her last name, playing Catwoman, and then you got the guy in, uh, 
prisoners playing Paul Dano playing the Riddler and it's just like this cast is very interesting and the villains that we're getting in this is just like okay what what story is Matt Reeves going to tell because I am very curious about this movie it just it's very interesting I just love that you know with this cast it's like we're not going for big names we're going you know not we're not going for big names we're going for talent you know you can have big names and talent but they this just feels like they're going with talent and I just I'm very curious I'm very curious to see how this goes so yeah that's that's exciting stuff for me um but enough about the Batman. Have you guys seen the Scooby-Doo teaser titled Scoob Teaser Trailer? Um, I didn't know what to think about it when I first heard the news that... Um, before I even... I didn't even know there was a Scooby-Doo animated movie coming, let alone that it was going to be an sort of an origin story. Or it is an origin story of how the mystery gang all came together and started solving clues. I never knew that was a thing at all until I saw, like, promotional stuff for it. And then they, you know, they're saying, hey, trailer's dropping Monday. And I'm like, okay. And I had no idea what this movie was all about. And then I saw the teaser trailer, and I'm like, I love Scooby-Doo. I really do. And when I saw the opening of how Scooby and Shaggy met, like, met on a beach or whatever, and that bonding building friendship or whatever it's just like I didn't know I didn't I I didn't know I needed this until I saw this trailer and I loved it and Zac Efron is playing Fred which I gotta say everybody's losing like Scooby-Doo fans are losing their mind that Fred doesn't have the uh the uh what's it called the the orange thing around his neck no idea what it's called but like people are losing their minds over it's like uh okay all right that's just a minor detail but whatever i mean there's there's always been there has been you know fred hasn't always worn that in every iteration of scooby-doo but whatever but yeah zach afron is uh playing voicing fred gina rodriguez i believe is voicing velma and it's just it's interesting i i'm looking forward to it it was it just looked i didn't know i needed this i really didn't know and Especially since it's an origin movie, I didn't know I'd need this too. Like, okay, yeah, why not have another Scooby-Doo movie? It is funny. Like, I'll take that over seeing, you know, a, you know, seeing the cast from the live-action version reunite in a movie, like, 10 years after, 16 years after the first, or how long has it been? 15 years since the second movie? I'd rather see an animated or a new iteration of them on the big screen than have those actors reunite as those characters because it's like, no, they're they're way too old. Like I, they were too old in the beginning. First of all, because Scooby Doo and the gang have always been portrayed as teenagers or whatever. I guess sorta. I don't know, but the premise is, has always been that, and so the fact that they're just teenagers solving hunting down monsters or whatever it's just like okay whatever but yeah the movies were just like yeah they're i guess adults now like but then again i i, I don't know but yeah scoob uh this scoob animated movie i i'm looking forward to it just looks sweet and cute like again 
I did not know I needed another, I needed a Scooby-Doo animated movie, especially an origin story. Like, I didn't know I needed that. But you know what? I I am very curious to see it, honestly. I can't wait to see it. Just has me, I don't know. I don't, it just, I, I want it to be good. I hope it's good. I mean, after that teaser trailer, man, I can't, I can't wait to see it. But yeah, that's just me. Um, so did you guys hear that Titan season three is happening? Um, yeah, that's happening. I, I, I don't spoilers for, you know, anyone who hasn't been watching my weekly, uh, review episodes of Titan season two. Um, I season two is a very mixed bag for me. More so than the first season. The, the the main problem, I just, okay, you know what, I won't get into it, but I just, let's just say I'm very disappointed how this season is wrapping up. I just, I can't get over it. I cannot get over it uh, at all. And yeah, and they're having a season three, and it's like, okay, great. I don't, yeah, I mean... A part of me does not want to watch season three at all because of the fact that it's like, again, I'm not enjoying this season and I'm not going to give any further details as of why I'll do that once the season is over, but I just, I don't understand it. Like, I didn't understand, I don't, I don't know, I don't, maybe it's the reception is why it's getting picked up again, I don't know, and you know, the way that season two has been going, it's just like, I don't know, guys, I'm hoping, you know, this last episode is going to have to do some sort of Hail Mary for me to watch season three, because right now I'm just, I'm not, I really don't want to watch it, but a part of me feels like I am going to watch it just because we're finally getting a live action Nightwing, and, you know, um, I'll tune into that, but... I don't know, but then again, they could pull what they did in the last uh, episode with the post-credits scene where they teased, you know, Superboy and Crypto are coming to next season. It's like, oh, okay, now I really got to see season two just to see how they pull up this. So, unless they have another post-credits scene like that where it's like, damn, now I really got to see what this is going to be all about in season three they have another one of those yeah i might just be watching season three but then again i don't think i don't think it's gonna happen i'm gonna try my best just to be like nope do not fall for it at all or it could be titans could be one of those shows where i just end up you know not wanting to watch it i just hate watch it not all the way through but like there are some things i like about season two uh, but but it's more of like the negatives outweigh the good things. But yeah, season three of Titans, I just, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, Nightwing and all, but I just, yeah, I'll, I'll get into that once this season two is wrapped up. Um, I am not sure if we talked about Joker making a billion dollars. I, I'm sure we did, but still, I can't really believe it made a billion dollars. The first radar movie made a billion dollars. Crazy. It's crazy that it made a billion dollars. I never would have thought it was going to make a billion dollars. I mean, considering it's a radar movie. And I just, 
I keep having this question of why, like, how did it, what, what was the intrigue? I don't, I don't understand, like, what was it that had, like, okay, it's very significant because it's the first radar movie that made a billion. I don't understand how, like, I, what was the intrigue? What was the draw to it? Like, you all know that I truly, truly loved the fact that, you know, I was proven wrong. Like, I, it shattered everything that I was, like, so against. And I, you know, you know how my feelings are. I loved Joker. I'll probably never see it again in a couple of years because it's just, like, it's it's too much for me to handle. And I've seen a lot of dark movies, but this one just, it's one of those movies where it's, like, it's dark and disturbing. And it's definitely a movie I just, I have no... I have no intention of seeing it again. I just, I can't, I can't do it again. Cause it's just like, ugh, it's so uncomfortable, but it's so great and so awkward. And it's just disturbing and shit. But that's just me. And now that I think about it, you know, fun facts, you know, before Brittany told me she had a lot of stuff that she's going through with school and whatnot, we were supposed to talk about Joker on here. And yeah, I, I cannot, I cannot. I really want to talk about it with her because I just want to get her initial thoughts on it. But anyways, so Joker makes a billion, right? Now it's being, there's conflicting reports that are saying, you know, Joker 2 is happening. One outlet is saying it is happening. Another outlet is saying, yeah, no, it's all clickbait. Nothing's real. There's no real talks. And all this business, so much so that Todd Phillips came out and was like, yeah, nothing's happening, you know, I wasn't offered another DC origin uh, property movie, which I say if that if that ever happens, uh, Mr. Freeze, please, because you could totally do a Mr. Freeze origin without Batman. If you really want to, you could really do it. Like, you could totally do it because tragedy and, you know, it's just, uh, but anyways, so Todd Phillips is saying, yeah, there's nothing's really solid slate, like nothing's really happening yet. And for me, as much as I love Joker, I just, I personally for me, I don't want it, but I will say if it happens, I'd be curious to see where they go because I just, I, I'm not, I don't see where you could go after this, you know, after that first movie, especially how it ends and yeah, I just, I don't see where it's gonna go. I don't really see it. I mean, yeah, I mean, money talks. I mean, look, Hollywood is a business machine, so if anything makes far more than they expected, yeah, they're gonna make a sequel because business is business, you know. You you wanna keep rolling on that steam, you know. And it's just, that's that's just how it is. Like, that's how it is, you know. And while some people want to resist to, like, something so great. Like, for me personally, I don't want a Baby Driver sequel at all. I think it's great as a as it is. And, you know, and Joker is very much the same way where it's fine as it is. We don't need a sequel. But I can understand why they're going to do it because it did make money. And so money talks, people. But, yeah. um, Yeah. So Joker 2, don't want it. But if it happens, I'll see it just out of curiosity speaking of movies that are actually finally happening um black adam is happening 
Dwayne Johnson officially put out a concept art and a release date, which was, what was it? Was it, oh, 2021? I believe it was 2021 of December. Yeah, I don't have it on here, but yeah, it's finally happening. There's a release date for it, and by the time it comes out, it would have been, it it will be seven years since he was, like, officially casted as Black Adam. I'm excited, better late than never, but, man, I, I mm, you know, I love Dwayne Rock Johnson a lot, but I just feel like, you know, if you're gonna do a Black Adam movie, you might, you should have done it. I mean, you probably shouldn't have casted someone like Dwayne Johnson, who has a physique for it, but you could have and that's probably why this is happening because it's Dwayne Johnson and you know we're not going to get the evil Black Adam we know from the comics we're going to get more of a anti-hero which is totally fine in its own right I mean you could totally play in that world of why he's an anti-hero which honestly now that I think about it I it makes sense I, I could totally see a story where they're going to make him an anti-hero so yeah, uh, yeah, bring on Black Adam, please. I mean, do I want to see him wear a wig, though? Uh, you know, that the hairline that Black Adam has? Sure, why not? I wouldn't care. I mean, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's that's all the news. Wow, this is wrapping up really quickly. Um, you know, ah, made it to 30 minutes. It doesn't matter. Anywho... Uh, and this is why I need a, I need someone to talk to, because it's just me, and just, I'm just like, uh, uh, maybe I should do this live, maybe I should do this live, I mean, Brittany's always told me, you should do this live, which I'm like, I don't know, I kind of, I like doing this podcast just because I just, I just do it just because I don't expect any, like, income or anything from this at all, especially when I post it on YouTube, it's like, I don't expect any income in this, but... Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> maybe I should do it live, but then again, it's like, all the subscribers I have on my YouTube are like, probably haven't activated, haven't been on in so long, or whatever, like, I've, I've had my YouTube channel since 2009 or 2010, and yeah, some of the subscribers I've had are just from like, people that I talked to like, years ago, <laughs> so... <laughs> Nah, I don't know. Maybe I I don't know how you draw in live people to tune into my stream, but plus I don't have the setup for it either, which is like yeah. But anyways, while I'm getting off a tangent, the point is it's like I just like doing podcasts just for the hell of it because it's fun. I like to get my voice out there. I I don't expect to have this huge fandom or whatever because honestly I don't know what I would do if I had like the the popularity like uh who are some famous youtubers uh like like pewdiepie or uh uh shane shane dawson and jeffree star yeah i don't know what i would do if i had that popular anyway gotta get on with the tangent so speaking about shows you know you know how i was talking about shows when i first you know opened this episode um, so I, I figured I'd talk about some shows, some new shows that came out this year. First things first, I want to talk about The Mandalorian, because the recent episode came out yesterday, and I will say this, The Mandalorian is pretty much everything that I was hoping for, 
honestly, like it's a lot. It 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 is surprising that these episodes aren't a an hour long. They're just like quick thirty, you know, under forty minutes episodes, and it's it's great. I'm sure all of you have seen the spoilers, so. Yeah, you know, it's in the title of this podcast. I'll just say it. Baby Yoda, cutest goddamn thing I've ever seen. You know, I thought BB-8 was cute, but this Baby Yoda or the kid is just, oh my god. (laughs) Man, had they not released any Baby Yoda stuff for the holidays, oh man, you would have seen a lot of outrage because, yeah, those sales are going to skyrocket once they release Baby Yoda stuff, so... Oh my god. But other than that, I I like this. I like this show a lot. It's really great. It definitely feels like Star Wars and you know, as someone who's never read, who's never dabbled into the books or the 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 comics or anything like that, it's nice. It's nice going in without any knowledge of the Mandalorians and all this business and I love the fact that in the the uh, the show, this Mandalorian is just a badass, and you know, in the episodes up until uh, episode three, he gets new armor by you know getting this kid, this baby Yoda, giving this you know for he finds the kid in the first episode, which I gotta say, IG uh, eleven, voiced by Taika Waititi. I don't know if that's the right number, but great. I love that. That that droid was awesome, and I love the fact that speaking of droids, the Mandalorian doesn't trust droids because, as it's revealed in these flashbacks, uh, the Separatists uh, wiped out Mando's people, and uh, it, it's great. And you kid you for the first time ever in this post Disney Star Wars, we finally we got some acknowledgement of. The Clone Wars, as far as like live action stuff, like I know there's been references in the uh, the the animated stuff, which I don't keep up with. I've touched here and there, like the whole Obi Wan Maul thing, which yeah, great battle. I don't care what anyone says. I thought that was amazing, you know. But then again, that comes from someone who hasn't who doesn't watch weekly and didn't watch that build up. So that's where I'm coming from. But anyways, we see. A separatist droid about to take out uh, Mando as a kid, but who saves him? You know, I like the theory that, you know, it could be either Yoda or a Mandalorian. Which, either one, I'm cool with. I I like that. But yeah, I love the fact that, you know, I knew... I, I, I figured, you know, the whole plot of this, at least this series, this season at least was Mandalorian, the Mandalorian is going to protect Baby Yoda at all costs, because, you know, Baby Yoda is an infant himself, and he's going to protect it, and I like that, I like that a lot, I like that also Baby Yoda has the force, which is like, I mean, okay, he's 50 years old, and yeah, alright, he has the force, so yeah, it makes sense, but still, that, uh, Baby Yoda is something else. And, yeah, I, I love the character of the Mandalorian. I love that he's a badass. Like, honestly, of what we've seen, uh, of, as far as live action goes and the canon, Mandalorian would probably take out Boba Fett. But then again, we haven't seen 
much of Boba Fett in his prime or whatever. So, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the show a lot. I I actually dig the whole 30 minute plus under an hour runtime. I love that a lot. And I just, it's nice. It's really nice. And it's weekly. And I also love that it's weekly. I mean, call me crazy, but binging is so hard. I mean, I, of all the shows that I binged, it just, I, I just feel burned out. And now I'm like, yeah, just give me weekly stuff. Like, I'd rather have it weekly. So that way I don't have to, like, force myself to watch all of it. You know, that's just me. I mean, then again, it depends on the show, I guess, if I want to binge it all. But some things are just uh, binging, Ugh, whatever. But yeah, The Mandalorian, I I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go out of the way and say, yes, you got to get Disney Plus for this one show. I wouldn't say that at all. Although I will say, you know, you know, I can, you can make an exception if you love Jeff Goldblum and want to watch that show yeah you could totally i would make the exception for that because it's very entertaining but yeah the mandalorian i love it a lot this third episode oh my god and that is coming from the director deborah chow the same director who directed that episode three is going to direct all episodes of obi-wan which apparently it's the obi-wan series is also going to be like a mini, like, not that many uh, episodes, like, probably the same episodes as Mandalorian, which I think what I heard was Mandalorian is, like, eight episodes. So, but Deborah Chow directing all of Obi-Wan, and I know it's basing off of one episode, and I know she's doing other things, but I'm just like, yeah, I am so excited to see what she does with Obi-Wan and how she directs, and then Oh my god, I I fucking love this episode a lot. I can't wait to see what she does with Obi-Wan. Honestly, just I think after this episode, you just you could you could give her anything she wants. I mean, I know part of the process of this episode comes from the writing as well, which the writing's great, but how she just directs this episode is oh, fucking phenomenal. I can't wait to see what she does with Obi-Wan. Anyways, enough with Star Wars. Another show that I've watched that I'm sure that I've talked about on this podcast, Watchmen on HBO. Now, for those who are new, I will say in the beginning, when I first heard the idea, the rumbles of, you know, HBO wants to do a Watchmen series, I'm like, fuck yes, you do that. You fucking do that. And this is coming from someone who watched the movie i have the director's cut on my amazon <laughs> i have it on my amazon unfortunately um but i could leave but i don't want to but um but here's my thing with watchmen i love watchmen i i love the comic book i to preference um i love the comic i really do it's a big graphic novel definitely i wouldn't say I wouldn't say I I kind of would, but I kind of wouldn't at the same time say, you know, if you want to start reading comics and you have a familiar idea of like the superhero genre, maybe what uh read the comic book cuz it's great and it's it's just there's a lot of depth to it with the characters and it's just it's really great and 
I love it. I love it. Now, I watched the movie, and the one that I was recommended the most was the director's cut. I watched it. <laughs> so basically what I did was I read the comic book, and then I watched the movie. And for me, and for like a lot of people, it's it's a mixed bag for me. <laughs> it's a vi- It's very mixed bag for me. Like, okay, I'll just say it. I I can't I can't get my head around the fact that they basically copied and pasted page by page, panel by panel of the book onto screen. Most of it is at least. I mean, there is some stuff taken out, like the uh, Did you know a squid actually blows up uh, New York and not uh, a bomb that's has the energy of Dr. Manhattan. No, it's it's actually a giant fucking squid, which is crazy as it sounds, but it, it I get why they would take that out, but I don't at the same time, considering how faithful and, you know, copy and paste it is to the book. I don't get that at all, but, you know, whatever reasons. I mean, you're making it towards, you know, not only are you making it for the fans who love that comic book, but you're also making it for the general audience. So a squid would be like, a, a squid? That's so stupid. I, would, I get that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you might as well have gone all the way with it. You know, you, if you're going to copy and paste it, you might as well have gone all the way with it. Another thing, if you're going to copy and paste, why not give Ozymandias his, his, uh, his suit? Like, his suit from the comics? Like, why are we tweaking it? I mean, it's the 80s. It's supposed to look goofy and stupid. That's kind of the reason why Watchmen is great. It's like, you've got these very, like, costumes that look like superheroes because it it just fits. It, It makes so much sense. Like, it's the 80s, guys. Like, the time period just fits itself. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. And... You could say it's nitpicks, but at the same time, it again, it's like, if you're going to copy and paste like it is from the book, just go all the way. And then, of course, another thing I didn't like about the movie, certain casting choices. Certain castings, like, the best casting of the whole movie is Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian. He just nails it. He nails it, as well as Jackie Earl Haley as Rorschach. I can't see anybody else playing Rorschach, honestly. I can never see anyone taking on that role because it just it fits so perfectly. But everybody else is like, oh, no. Like, the one that really sticks out to me the most, I feel, is probably Dr. Manhattan. Uh, it's just It's just his voice. And I know that's being stupid or whatever, but... I always when I when I think of Doctor Manhattan, I think of him as sort of like Martian Manhunter, where he's just he's just soulless. Like you don't hear any emotion in his voice at all. It's kind of how I see because he's just this galactic being or whatever. He was once a human, yeah, but at the same time, it's like with all this power and all this knowledge he has, it's like what he can do is like. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. That's kind of how I've always seen it. And then also, you know, the the casting of Silk Spectra. I, it's so bizarre because it's, and this is going to sound shitty, but at the same time, I, this is going to sound shitty. I'm just going to say it. She doesn't look 
old enough, you know. I just... Because in the Watchmen comic, it's set in the 80s, and all these characters are like... Their ages are like 30 to, you know, probably mid-40s. And the casting of Lori Blake, I just... I don't buy it. She doesn't... She doesn't look the part, is what I'm trying to say. And I know that's shitty. And it's just... Ah, eh, whatever. And also, another thing that I kind of noticed after, like, watching, you know, snippets of again, I noticed that Zack Snyder portrayed the characters as superheroes. And it's like, but wait a minute. The point of Watchmen is that there's they don't actually have superpowers. They're, they don't have, like, super strength or anything like that. As you see in the movies where Night Owl is basically breaking bones and like popping bones out of people's arms or whatever it's like it's it's no they're good fighters but they're not like stupidly strong or anything like that's not how that works but okay minor thing the only one that is the most powerful who has an actual superpower is dr manhattan that's kind of yeah it's i don't know i don't know yeah but you know what fuck it i I personally do not like the movie at all. Well, I think at the end of the day, I I don't know. It's it's okay. It's been a it's been a while since I watched it through, and I kind of don't want to, but maybe I should. Just maybe that's what I should do for a, for a special episode. I should do a commentary on Watchmen, or just give my afterthoughts in a video or something. I don't know, but from what I remember, I just I again. I just, uh, let me just say this. This is my main problem, as I said it before. My main problem is the whole copy and pasting. Like, done. I just, I don't understand that. It's like, that's so fucking lazy. And I hate to say that because I, I know a lot of people pour their heart and soul into this movie. I know they did, but that is some fucking lazy shit right there. If you're going to copy and paste literally the dialogue and the exact same shots in this movie, that's fucking lazy. I'm sorry, but that's just lazy as shit. Like, you thought that was going to work? I mean, I don't know. But then again, maybe it comes back to the whole fact that Watchmen is kind of hard to adapt. I don't know. But yeah, but that's my TED Talk on Watchmen, the movie by Zack Snyder. Which, again, I'm sorry, but to the people that said it's a masterpiece... I know it's all subjective, but I just don't see how that's a that's a masterpiece. I really don't. Maybe you, maybe some people were in my situation where they read the book and they watched the movie, you know, and they thought just thought it was a masterpiece. I mean, yeah, it stayed tr- truthful, but at the same time, it's like that's just the gamble. Like, you, why would you do that? The only great, the only the only movie that I feel that did it best. Where they copied and pasted. And it wasn't necessarily all of it was very copy and paste. Was The Dark Knight Returns. The animated movie. That very much did copy and paste it. But it it did it so well. And you know they added some stuff. Well they kept certain different shots or whatever. But still it's just like. Yeah. Anyways. So Watchmen. HBO. So yeah. I, I was like alright. HBO is going to do it right. You know we're going to get an actual adaptation of the book you know someone that'll take it 
Seriously, and HBO, perfect. They have the rights and all this business, great. I'm excited. Then we heard reports that, you know, they're going to do a Watchmen show, but it's going to set in present day. And I'm like, no, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Especially when we got Jeff Johns writing, you know, post-modern day Watchmen. It's like, no, what are we doing, guys? Like, why do we, I don't want that. Like, no, 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 no. And then we saw promotional stuff, and I'm just like, we saw, I saw, like, the first looks at Watchmen, the photos, and I was like, uh, I mean, okay, cool, whatever. Eh, just, eh, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. First trailer was like, okay, this is interesting. You got Jeremy Johns playing Ozymandias. Okay. And then we see Lori, Bre- Lori Blake, and I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, so there is... Okay, okay, this is going to be interesting. And I kid you not, when she pops up on the show for the first time, I was like, why does she look so familiar? And and sure enough, I figured out the same actress who is escaping my mind right now plays the the doctor on Legion, the show, which... (laughs) Talk about shows I need to catch up. I need to watch that final season of Legion because... Ah, Legion. But... Yeah, so promotional trailers, and I was like, okay, this is, I don't know. So, first episode ends. Watch the first episode, it ends. I was like, okay, I'm curious, I'm interested, but more so curious because I'm like, okay, that was interesting because it was like, okay, kind of feels like Watchmen. I mean, the the first thing we see is the... uh, Tulsa race riot which was that was insane to see like okay didn't know how it was going to play into the show but then we realized that spoilers spoilers for this whole thing uh the kid is actually the great the grandfather of the main character who's played by Regina King that's the grandfather of of Regina King's uh, character, so there's that. So it made sense. So now that I tied in, but yeah, second episode again, very interesting. Left me curious again. It was just like, okay, we are getting so, we're getting like some callbacks to the Watchmen comic. Then we get to episode three, which brings in Laurie Blake. And this was the episode that I was like, okay, I am so in for this show now. Because usually when I start new shows, even if it's a comic book show, I give it three episodes. And if, you know, if I'm on, if I don't like it by three episodes, I just discontinue it. I I don't deal with it anymore. But episode three with Lori Blake was, it's probably my favorite episode because of the fact that, you know, we're seeing Lori Blake again. She's an FBI agent. She's actually hunting vigilantes in... I believe she's in New York. I believe so. It's been a while since I saw that episode. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting. A very interesting take for her to go on. And she's kind of is like... Reminding me of her dad. Which I didn't catch it. The moment the episode ended, I was on... Uh, the internet, and you know everybody's quoting it, 
And then I saw comparisons between uh, Lori Blake now versus her dad. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. I got it. I get it. Because the whole time she's on the phone, she's on this phone, you know, and it it's basically you leave a mess for Dr. Manhattan who's on Mars or whatever. And she's like, I got a joke for you. And <laughs> totally went over my head. Like, totally went over my head because I was like, oh... Because the whole time I'm like, oh, wow. The whole episode, by the time the episode ends, you get that feeling that she truly misses him. Like, she truly misses him. And it's just like, she hasn't seen him in 30 years. And it's like, that's heartbreaking. She misses him so much so that she has a blue dildo. And it's just like, oh, my fucking God. Like, that was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, But it was just like, it was just so heartbreaking. Because towards the end of the episode, she's like... She just says it out right. She's like, you know, we're just not worth your time, are we? Because we're just shitty. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. That's it. But the whole, you know, let me tell you a joke. That whole monologue, I just it just totally flew over my head. Just didn't see it. But yeah, I... So episode four happens, and we see basically a flashback to the the destruction of New York and they show the fucking squid <laughs> I just I didn't think we would see the squid I mean we got what's it called we got a weird callback to it where at some point you know in the world it just rains uh baby squids which is like okay yeah I get it but I also love the fact that there are actual people out there who are just haunted by what had happened the destruction of um what's it called of new york so much so that what's his name the character why am i forgetting the character's name i'm gonna look it up but basically we get a flashback in this latest episode with the destruction of new york and we're with a certain character in the 80s and you know he's he's basically with the church and all his business and trying to you know, make young kids believe in God and shit, but that doesn't help. Looking Glass, the character of Looking Glass. Um, yeah, yeah, that character. Oh, let me get his actual, the character's actual real name. Oh, let me get the character's real name. But yeah, it we, we get, so we basically find out, you know, he's one of those people who is deathly afraid, scarred by basically that night, Wade. Wade Tillman, that's the character's name. Wade basically, you know, he he's at the carnival tr- with his uh, church people or whatever trying to convert, you know, all these sinners and blah, blah, blah. You know, so much so that, you know, a girl takes him into this, like, fun house and thank- thanking he's going to get blown. But then, basically, she takes his clothes and is like, you're a sinner and blah, blah, blah. Then madness just happens you know all this glass is like this the mirrors he was in a mirror uh what's it called mirror funhouse or whatever glass shatters you know and he comes out bunch of bodies and he's like what the hell happened and we zoom to all the way to new york and there's a squid and i just i could not believe we saw the fucking squid <laughs> like Oh my god, that's just, that's great. I just, I love these little callbacks to the comic book. It's great. And it's official. This is a sequel to the comic book. It's great. And 
Ozymandias, Jeremy Irons, what's he up to? Like, there's been a lot of theories, but now we figure out he's actually on a different... He's on the moon? No, he's on a different planet outside of Earth. He's in a prison, and he's trying to escape. And, yeah, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting. We also, in this episode, we see Wade, who is deathly afraid of... What's it called? You know, squid raining down or whatever. So much so that there is a metaphor with the whole him wearing tinfoil in his hat or whatever, which I love. And then you finally realize, you know, with foil, it reflects what's it called all that psychosis and trauma or whatever. And it's like, so that's why he wears the mask. It's not just to protect his identity, but it's also to block out the trauma it's just like it's very interesting so in the latest episode he he goes on a date with a girl girl tricks him into you know this Rorschach racist gang or whatever to meet up with them and be like this is what we need to show you and it's basically a recording of Ozymandias seven couple years after uh the whole incident in New York and uh Redford Robert Redford was elected as president you know, Ozymandias has a plan for him, and, you know, basically it's like, how did I know that you were going to get elected? Because I did this. And I am the also the one that dropped the squid on New York and all this business. It was just like, wow, this is, this is interesting. Like, this is a very interesting way to go. And honestly, it, to me at least, it weirdly feels like Watchmen. Like, it really does. I mean, just the mysteriousness and the whole characters it's just like wow there's so much going on and i i love it so i can't wait to see how the season ends so but yeah watchmen i gotta say i i'm truly loving it i'm really digging it a lot so yeah that's that's just me and you know i i hope it keeps it up because it just feels like with each episode i'm more like i have so many questions you know i'm just like okay Where's this going to go? How is that going to unfold? And all this business. And I just, I can't wait. Like, I, I I like this show a lot. It's very, again, feels like Watchmen to me, honestly. But yeah, so that's Watchmen talk on HBO. Um, maybe I should have done a weekly thing with Watchmen. Because, you know, if you see my YouTube videos about me reviewing the Titans show, you know how I'm feeling about Titans at the moment. But anyways, um, so yeah, that is this episode. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm Tristan, and you've just been spoiled.